Hi, this is the See You Next Tuesday podcast. We have dirty words and shit potholes throughout the entire episode. Our name literally spells Kant. How could you not know what was coming? Thanks for listening. Speck of the crap, reality, back to life. Back to crime reality. (laughs) If you're just joining us, this is the See You Next Tuesday podcast. I'm Jesse. I'm Amanda. And we're talking about our reality, not real reality, as you know, which is... Crime reality. An actual shit show versus our true crime reality, which is still a shit show, but in other ways. (laughs) (laughs) We've reached the the point of delirium, I guess, is like where it's at. I mean, you know... Pray for us, y'all. Yeah. Teas and peas. So. Oh, teas and peas. Uh, I swear. I don't need your teas and peas. Yeah, no, dude. Uh, donations would be nice. Oh, yeah. Because remember, I want that hot tub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Amanda needs a hot tub, y'all. And so what we're here to do today is the Lord came down and told us. I'm just you, like. You know, if I get enough deno- denotations. <laughs> Then I will be able to get my hot tub. Actually, I could get a whole, I could get a whole swimming pool with the hot tub attached in ground. Channeling your old Creflo dollar there, and just gonna request what we need. Oh, oh Lord, God. help me. Okay, so I my topic that I really want to bring up today that is very controversial. Which <clears throat> let's get into it. Ready? I don't know if you're ready for this because it's pretty controversial. Is. Mm-hmm. Starting a new television or movie, immediately with no research at all done, just straight up, oh, cool, new show, boom, starting it. How the fuck do people do that? How the fuck, how do you do that? Do you mean the people watching one or creating it? No, watching it. Like, so, for instance, I'm on Netflix, all of a sudden new show show drops, I know nothing about it. I do that all the time. What? You don't do extensive research, you don't, like go into it and then go, mm, I don't think I'll, I'll put that in my queue and watch it later. Like you yeah. can just raw dog a TV show. Like, right oh, I started one on Hulu yesterday. It's fucking great. It doesn't give you like anxiety. Like, holy fuck. I'm about to spend X, Y, Z hours of my life no. dedicated to this show. It better be fucking good. No. What? I started one last night. It's fucking amazing. Okay. What is it now? Laura? So it's, I think it's called bear. Oh, wait. I think I know what you're talking about. So it has um, Lip from, God damn, what's the name of that show? Um, oh, geez, MS Brain. So, um, you know the show that was on about, they lived on the south side, and it was a whole bunch of kids, and they have the fucking alcoholic father, and they're basically raising themselves. Mm-hmm. Do you know what show I'm talking about? No. God Sorry. But it, The Bear? Yeah. Yes. Maybe. Okay. I've seen, it's an FX show, and it's, I've seen the previews to it on TikTok, because that's how much I'm on TikTok. It's an issue. Um, but it looks hilarious. So it looks like what, tell me if this is right. The young kid gets a, a restaurant, or starts a restaurant? So, actually, it was his brother's restaurant. Okay, his got it. His brother... Shit pothole alert, his brother 
committed suicide and mm. left him the restaurant. He is a um, culinary school trained chef with all of these awards. Got it. This is a hole in the wall. Greasy Spoon Restaurant. Yes. And so he's like trying to do like this whole James Beard type shit with like tobacco foam. And then like they're like, dude, can I just have like a fucking hamburger? Is that the premise kind of? Well, he's trying to save this restaurant. Ah, okay. Got it. Because it was his brother's and I was like, okay, that looks hilarious and amazing. But I think for me, even shows like that, I would leave on my cue until the moment I was ready emotionally to watch it. Like, I feel like... There is a two camps for the most part in the world where it's like, like you, you can literally start a new show and be like, yeah, totally chill. I'm just gonna watch this new show. Me, I get so much anxiety, so much anxiety of choosing the right show for the exact mood that I'm in that I have to like have them ready to go in my queue for when the time is right. Shameless. It has lip from Shameless. Okay, got it. The US Shameless. Yes. Got it. Okay. Okay. I had yeah. the IMDb. It was driving me crazy. <laughs> I couldn't think of the name of that show. Which, by the way, um, did you just IMDb that on your new iPad? I did. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling a little snooty because uh, Amanda's Android, and she recently converted for one thing, which is an iPad. Yeah. So. But there's a reason. Yes. It's because I don't have a lot of hands... Um, Strength mm-hmm. and the iPads are lighter and bigger than all the other tablets yeah. out there, and a little more responsive, too, from what I've found personally. So, that is why I got this expensive ass <laughs> thing. I'm so proud of you, though. But you know, but it's also good because you, you did treat yourself, girl. Treat yourself. You've been working too damn hard, like Lizzo says, I've been working too damn hard, right. I've been working too damn hard. You have. You have. Seriously. If you aren't a CEO by now, then I don't know when you ever will be. You know what I'm saying? So, but no, absolutely. But you should totally treat yourself. Yes, because it's um, so much lighter and I have problems with my hand strength. So it's easier for me to hold to do stuff. But I can't wait till you get full in because you're going to love it. Uh, Right now, I hate it because it asked me for that goddamn apple id password apple id password to do anything you sure heard me last night because <laughs> me mom over here god damn it i swear to god if i have to type in my password one more time yes that was me so my wonderful ass husband he says like first thing in the morning he's like because i got paid yesterday and it was the biggest paycheck i've ever had in my entire fucking life Woo, snaps to that. He's like, he's like, well, you can order your iPad anytime today you want, and I'll go pick it up, because I just did curbside at Target. Yeah. Because they're the same price everywhere you go. Just F it. Yeah. But at Target, it came with, like, a couple of months free of the iArcade and... Oh, yeah. iMusic or iTunes or something. Yeah, yeah, where you have, like, unlimited, like streaming kind of like a spotify apple apple music which is like spotify yeah yeah so um so you got a little bit extra bonus at target where you didn't get that other places so if it's the same price everywhere but you get a little extra something else at target and i 
have a red card. So it actually was $45 cheaper. Nice. Because 5%. 5%. Which, hey, if you're not on that red card jam, y'all, get on the red card jam. Trust us. Yeah, it's, it's not a credit totally card. It's worth it. It's they not have, a credit card. They have a debit card version and a credit card version. Right. Don't do not do the credit card no, one. No, get the, the debit, debit card, card one. Yes. Because then it'll take, yes, it takes straight from your bank, but you get 5% off every single purchase. Every single one. Time. And it's not a credit card, so you don't have to worry about... The fees. And paying your credit card bill and then not paying your bill and running up your credit card. So it's just like swiping your debit card, except you're swiping the red card and getting your 5% off. And also, it also comes off of the Starbucks's in Target as well. Yes. Heads up. Fact. And also, if you aren't using the Target app in store, yo, you are missing out on a lot more deals because literally you can, what, scan items and... Yeah. Find discounts all the time. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. So, you know, I used my Target app to buy it, and mm-hmm. then he just picked it up for me on his way home from work. So it was here when I got home last night. Well, I'm really but I really As I said before, I had to finish up my episodes, so I'm like, I can't play with it. So you're now you're playing with it. But I was trying to play with it, and I was trying to download apps, and I had to keep putting in that goddamn password. So you're like... What the hell is going on? Why I do we have to keep putting this in? I even said, at one point, my daughter was laughing at me because I was like, hey, Siri, how do I st- stop putting in this fucking password? <laughs> I got you. I'll help you out after this episode. Oh, God. How do I stop? Because you said, hey, Siri. Yes. So she woke up. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. You woke her up. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I woke up again. I also probably woke up everyone's out there. Oh, wait. Hold on. Let's do one more thing. Hey, Alexa, buy toilet paper. Hey, Alexa, add lube to the grocery list. Awkward conversations you're about to have. (laughs) Oh, God. So um, if you can't tell by our high state of delirium, uh, we're in it, y'all. It's the fucking summer. It is happening. We up in July now. How you feeling? You feeling fresh? You know, I got the top off my Jeep. Ooh. In the mornings, it's great. Okay, real quick. Let's just reel back on that. Because one time, whenever you were headed to my house to podcast, you said, yeah, hey, I'm on my way. I got my top off. And I was like, mm. Wait. <laughs> so I'm picturing you driving with your actual physical t-shirt not on your body. And I'm like, the fuck is that? Is she okay? Like, I'm like, I mean, hey, girl, do you? You know what I'm saying? Do you? Where we live, in a certain, actually in a certain county, it is legal for women to have their top off. So let's hope you were in that county at that point, is what I was thinking. (laughs) But I was like, what the fuck? Why is she telling me she has her top off? Like, that's so weird to like just text out of the blue, not even thinking she was in her Jeep. So (laughs) I'm glad that you like kind of clarified, oh, it's my Jeep. (laughs) Because, you know. Top off. <laughs> but yeah, it's hot as shit. It's fine in the mornings. It's great in the mornings. Yeah, it's beautiful. When Agreed. I leave work, it's pretty fucking hot. Dude, I don't know about y'all, but here in Texas, it gets really fucking hot between the hours. The hottest part of the day actually is between the hours of like four and eight. 
Yes. The hottest part of the day, which is like right, like you said, right when you're getting off work, you're thinking, oh shit, you know what? I'll have like a glass of wine or something on the porch. No, you won't. No, Mm-mm. you're not. Nope. That's not happening. You're going to have it on your couch. Yep. Looking outside going like, wow, it's really hot out there. Anyway. Which is why I need y'all to donate <laughs> to my pool fund so I can have that wine while floating in my pool. Okay. Confession corner. Ready? Mm-hmm. We have reached peak Texas, like, um, ra- uh, bougie, I guess. Ratchet ass? I don't know what it is, but... We got an inflatable pool. <laughs> oh, is it one of the big ones? So it's, it's, I shouldn't even say inflatable. It's not inflatable, it's, but it's also not a snap side either, like we used to have in the 80s. It was, it's a little bit, actually, it's very similar to the ones we had in the 80s. Is it like the one that we used to have? Yeah, basically, so it's got like a, a flat, it's not inflatable. You just pull it and fold it out and then add water to it. Yeah, we had one of those. Yeah, but, so... And it's, God, it's like not even three feet of water, maybe two when it's full. You know what I'm saying? Like super tiny. Oh, so you don't have a, we had a big one. No, no, no. We have like a little, maybe one, maybe two, max like five people, max. We're talking like sardine packed five people. Oh, okay. Two max at Comfortable. And then Pod Hubs bought two little like inflatable, like, you know, like the low chairs so you can like sit in the water, but you're propped up. Yes. Two of those from Amazon. So we are straight up Texas bougie chic in it on our porch. On your porch. <laughs> Fucking grabbing the hose. Filling it with water. See, we had one of these big ones. Oh, you got a nice one. But with the pump and everything. We took it down one winter and it got a hole. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, dude, I'm telling you, man. Whew. That was, it's nice. It's nice. Don't let anybody look down on you for your inflatable pool, my friend. It's hot as shit. You do what you yes. need to do. Yes, that's exactly right. God dang it. But yeah, I had to admit that to you. I was like, oh, we've reached the peak of Texan. <laughs> You've done it? You've done it. I'm a little jelly because you can come I, over. I ain't got no water at this house. I need water. So here's the thing. You, what? You I need, need water too? I need water in my life. Are you talking about Topo? No. Okay. Like, a body of water. I need a pool or something in my backyard. 100%. So. I'm with you on that. It makes me happy. I agree. I like looking out and seeing, like you, like a body of water in my backyard. Or front yard or wherever the fuck. Which is why I want to retire on a beach, ideally. Because just that, the the sound of the ocean and all of that just sounds, you when know. I win the lottery, or you guys give me enough money, whichever comes first. I'm going to have a beach house mm. on an island somewhere, and I'm going to have a house in the mountains. Oh, girl. Fancy. I'm bougie. Am I, am I allowed to come? Yes. Oh, on my so. private plane. Oh, private plane. Yeah. Miss Missy. Yeah. Okay. How else am I going to travel between the two houses? <laughs> I mean, duh. Come on, guys. Just so you know, no, we don't make anything off this podcast. We really just do no. it for fun, and we just we love don't. shooting the shit with y'all, which is why... We don't have two houses. God, no. No, I, I have mean, one. we have a house 
separately of each other, but individually we don't have two houses. I personally don't have two houses. (laughs) My house is not on a beach. My house is in suburbia. Yeah, me too. In the middle of Texas. Let's just say, for those of us not voting the ways that you see in the news, it sucks. Mm -hmm. Really bad. Mm -hmm. So pray for us. Mm -hmm. Because we're literally voting against everything you see in the news, and it's still doing nothing. Mm -hmm. Save us. Yes. So I don't live on a beach. I don't live in the mountains. I work a million hours a week. And I don't have a pool in my backyard. Not even a three-foot inflatable one. So... Girl. But I got an iPad. You got an iPad. And you're more than welcome to come over to my... Not even a cement pond. It's It's a plastic pond. Any day. Maybe I should put a pool as my background on my new iPad. Girl. (laughs) I'm way ahead of you. Every single background I have at work is a beach. Every single fucking one. Because that is how much I need. (laughs) I need it in my life. So. Oh my God. You know how on your computer it can, like your lock screen and stuff can change? Yeah. Mine cycles through all these different like exotic pictures. And I so I lock my computer when I leave every day. And no matter what the picture pops up, it can be a fucking forest. It could be the fucking beach. It could be a fucking lake. I think one time it was rice fields and I go, oh, look, I want to live there. Every day when I leave, I go, oh, look, I want to live there. <laughs> Oh, is that the Sahara Desert? God, that looks great. <laughs> right in the middle of it. I'm going to be right smack dab in the middle of the fucking Sahara Desert. And a lot of times there's like a little um, house or a cottage or something in the picture. I don't know why, but there always is. I'm like, oh, look, there's my house. Yeah, no shit. I'm going to jump right in there. Yeah. And every Wednesday when I leave work, I go, it's lottery day if I don't come back tomorrow. Every Wednesday. Oh, God. And every Thursday I show up and I go, I didn't win. Well, I'm, I'm assuming you showing up is, is a hint. Unless you're going to be like, you show up and then you go, fuck all of y'all. You're cool. I'm going drinking. Who's with me? No. Mm-mm, that's not even going to happen. I didn't think so. No. You mm-mm. won't show up. Mm-mm. At all. I told them if I ever don't show up, it's either because I'm in the hospital or I won the lottery. If you can't find me in a hospital, don't bother to find me at all. Because I don't exist anymore. In your world. (laughs) I do in mine, though. Which is super, super fucking fun. It will be after I win that lottery. (laughs) So speaking of reality, true crime reality, that Mm -hmm. is. You ready to get into today's cuntlet? Um... Where's my little guy? Okay. Are you ready? Are uh, ready? Okay. So I'm really glad you like your little... What are what are, we, are those like reversible... What are they even called? I threw the tag over there. Yeah. So you know those reversible little plush dolls that are like angry or, or, or happy? You know, happy or sad or whatever. I got Amanda one. It's an Ellie. It's an elephant. And right now it has Angie face on. Because so we're about it. to get Angie. Yes. So today's cuntlet is Sarah Marie Johnson. She was born on January 24th, 1987, an Aquarius, to Diane and Alan Johnson in Bellevue, Idaho. So Alan was a landscaper, and Diane worked as a tax collector 
And Sarah had one half-brother, Matthew, and I'm not actually sure which parent, but she had a half-brother. And just FYI, it was really kind of hard to find anything about like her childhood or, or life, but it, it seemed like she grew up well. Like, again, suburbia, maybe middle-class type life. Um, I would say, however, from the... Um, Forensic Files episode that I watched, I did extensive research, guys. Extensive. That whole 30-minute Forensic the Files episode. whole episode. No, trust me, there's other sources. But still, I, I mean, watched an entire episode. Was it the entire episode? Because sometimes they break them up into different cases. No, yeah, no. It was the whole episode. I made sure to, to double-check on that. Okay. So. <laughs> but according to the episode and the, photo, and the, the, the videos of the house, it looked like landscaping was doing pretty fucking well. For Alan. Hold on. Did we find a new side hustle? I mean, dude, I think there is some business there. I really Ooh, do. But I kill everything. Yeah, me too. I'd mow the grass too short and it'd die or some shit. You know, it'd just be, yeah, it'd be a problem. So, anyway. They, they had a pretty decent life. She was growing up okay. Matthew was living there too, okay? And they even had a guest house on their property. Okay, that's so, like... Not middle class. No. That's a little uppity. See, but I didn't want to, like, be judgy or anything, but I think, yeah, upper middle class, probably. That's, like, that's a little uppy-uppy. Okay, yeah. Also, I wanted your opinion on that, because I was like... Because, like, I would say, like, I'm probably middle class, and I don't yeah. have a guest house. No, me either. But also, like, the guest house in this isn't just, like, a little, like, shack. We're talking, like, has a bedroom, a bathroom. Like, it is its own little in mini house. It's its own house. Yeah. They're not middle class. They're upper. Okay. Got yeah. it. Yeah. So for she's, sure. she's doing okay. Like, she's, she isn't wanting for anything. From what I understand, she wasn't raised in an abusive household. It was just a very seemingly regular suburban lifestyle for Sarah. So oh, good for her. Right. I bet she didn't have a crazy mom, did she? <laughs> no, actually, she did not. And so, just FYI, on that guest house, they actually did have a longtime tenant living there. Mel Spiegel, he was an electrician and a friend of the family. So, this is how I'm assuming it went. They may not have needed the money for the mm-hmm. guest house, but they were like, hey, we have one, Mel, if you want it. That's- so, Mel was probably a little hard up, and they were nice enough to be like, Hey, brah, we got this extra space, and they probably rented it to him for, like, less than what they could have probably rented That's it for. That's exactly the vibe I was getting as well. Basically, like, friend of the family, no worries, we got you, dude. Yeah. Here, you you do your electrician shit, you come over for dinner when you want, like that. Just a very chill. We can't let you stay here for free, just throw us a couple hundies a month. Right. Who's the boss? Like, who's the boss? Except living in a guest house. So... On September 2nd, 2003, 54-year-old Diane and 46-year-old Alan Johnson were found murdered in their home after Sarah went next door to their neighbor's house to call the police. Which, also, by the way, Diane and younger man. Ooh, girl, get it. Because Diane was 54 and her husband was 46. So they almost had a 10-year gap. Oh, wow. I didn't pick up on that at first. Yeah, me either. Until I started doing research, I was like, oh, wait, Diane was kind of... Getting a little, you know, younger, younger guy there. Good job for you. So when the cops showed up, they've, uh, they found Diane dead in her bed and Alan dead on the floor next to the bed. Shower was still running and they noticed a bullet hole in the back of the tile in the shower about chest high. 
They also found a 264 caliber rifle on the bedroom floor and two knives placed at the foot of the bed, unstained with blood. Instead, they were clean and looked like they were placed there afterwards to send a message. They also found another knife on Matthew's bed, her half-brother, who was away at college at the time. And when I say place at the bottom of the bed, so imagine a bed frame, wood, because again, this is the 2000s, um, and they were placed like parallel right up against the foot of the base of the bed. So on the floor? On the floor. Oh, okay. Just like I was two thinking... random knives just like placed there. That's weird. It's It was very odd, especially considering they died from gunshot wounds. So what is happening? The cops asked Sarah what she saw, and she said that she was asleep in her bed down the hall from her parents' room when she heard the first shot. Okay. She... <laughs> And we sip. Here's the thing, Sarah. If you're gonna lie about your parents' murder, don't put yourself in the home and still alive. You know, rookie mistake number one. It's... We'll get there. There's... You're onto something. So she then... This is what she said happened. After she heard the first shot, she got up, called her mom's name, heard the second shot, and then ran out the door scared, immediately going to the next-door neighbor's house. She said she did not see the shooter. So did she have to run past her parents' bedroom to get to the front door? No. From how this house is set up... Actually, I'm really glad I did forensic files, because, like, visually it made more sense, you know, because they showed you. Uh Uh-huh. Her parents' bedroom and how the house was set up, basically, like, if you opened the door to her parents' bedroom Mm -hmm. and opened her door... There was like a straight shot to each other's rooms. And it looked like from the way that they did the reenactment that she just ran from her room out the front door. So her parents' bedroom was farther back inside the house. Okay. Right? So the killer had to walk past her bedroom to get to, to her, par- her parents' bedroom. Shoot and them left her alive. And wa- exactly. And avoided her and walked back out the front door. Okay, sure. Sure, right. Sarah. Right. So also at this time, and again, I'm going to go back to the time frame, 2003, Bellevue, Idaho, Idaho, Idaho. Wow. <laughs> How at much of t- you had to drink? Not enough, apparently. At the time, the Johnsons didn't lock their doors. 2003, we all know to lock our doors in 2003. So either the neighborhood was one of those neighborhoods that like looked after each other or like they were just like super chill with everybody or that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. But this also didn't help the cops because there was no sign of forced entry. Because it was unlocked. So it could have been anybody. Yeah. Right? Nothing was stolen from the house, so they ruled that out. Like, that was just like, okay, never mind on that. And Sheriff Walt Fleming told the other cops to cordon off the entire perimeter of the house. Like, everything. He's like, fuck everything. We're just going to block off the entire property. And because it was trash day that day... He said, do not let them take their trash to this home. Well, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, this is, this is, by the way, there's some actual cop work happening. I was about to say, oh my God, police work (laughs) is going on. It's happening. Oh my God, we have police work. (laughs) Finally. Oh my God. And again, we don't hate cops, just want to say that, but No, no, no. But a lot of times... They drop the ball. They do. It's like literally like, yo, come on, man. It's like Barney Fife sometimes. Yeah. So luckily the trash cans were still on the curb 
still there. And in them, the things that they found of note were a pink bathrobe, brown leather glove. With blood. And latex glove. With blood. Plus 25 caliber bullets, which is interesting because it didn't match the ammunition type needed for the murders. Okay, and again, I know I should know this being from Texas, but the gun was a 264 caliber rifle, not a 24 caliber. So it's like, okay, what the hell are these bullets doing in here? Cops thought from these items in the trash, it looked like they basically, the person dumped these things on their way out of the house. So it's kind of like, okay, here's this, and then I'm deuce. See, you know what that makes me think? It makes me think that Sarah didn't know what type of bullets to buy to put in the gun because it's probably her daddy's gun. Hmm. Interesting. Let's get more into that. So the cops started searching more of the property, including the guest house, obviously, where Mel was living. They found that Mel wasn't there. They found on the bed inside the scope to the rifle that was used in the murders. And the rifle and the scope belonged to Mel. I don't think Mel did it. So he was obviously the first suspect in these murders. Of course he was. Because, I mean, shit, that's his fucking rifle. I mean, of course, that's a given. They went to find Mel. They found him in Boise, Idaho, over seven hours away. He was hanging out with family members at the time. And when they checked the alibi with all the family members, it checked out. They were of like, course. yeah, no, he was here the whole time. I mean, what are you talking about? So he mentioned to the, the cops, like, hey, you know, the, just so you know, the rifle was actually in my closet in the guest house when I left. Like, I didn't leave anything out because it's a rifle. Yeah, because I'm responsible. Right. I'm not going to just leave that for anyone to find. Sheriff Fleming asked Mel who he thought maybe person of interest, and he said Bruno Santos. Oh, is he mob? Bruno was dating 16-year-old Sarah and was 19 at the time. Mm. Bruno was an illegal immigrant who had dropped out of high school, and he actually did have a bit of a record for, like, drug charges. Nothing major. That's a big escalation. Mm-hmm. Diane's family corroborated Mel's sentiment and thought of Bruno first when they learned that Al and Diane were murdered, so the cops turned their attention to the second suspect, who was Bruno Santos. They brought Bruno in for questioning. He said that, yeah, they were dating and that he had proposed to Sarah, actually. Oh, and Mommy and Daddy didn't like it. Yeah. I see where this is going. Mm -hmm. Sarah said yes, and they were planning this life together. Hey, heads up, I was there. I thought I was going to marry my high school sweetheart. Oh, shit, I actually did. And yeah, that didn't end well. So here we are on PodHub 2. But let me tell you something, guys. First love isn't the only love. Although sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. More often than not, it's not. I'm on husband number one 20 some odd years later. Yeah. What I'm saying is like high school sweethearts don't always work out. Yeah, no. Sometimes they do. No, he, I also didn't know him when I was 16 either. Right, right. So Bruno told him that he was actually home at the time of the murders with his mom, and his mom alibied him. Of course she did. Yes. As would any parent. Of course you would. Even if you know your kid did it, you'd probably be like, uh, he was here. You know, because, I mean, that's the last thing you want your kid to go through. But they got a warrant to search his home. They got clothing and DNA from him. They tested it all, and they never found Bruno's DNA, fingerprints, or blood on the crime scene, or vice versa, on his clothes. So actually, Bruno and his mom were telling the truth. So what happened? Sarah killed her parents. Yep. 
One time before all of this, Sarah had told her parents that she was sleeping overnight at a friend's house. They obviously found out later that she was with Bruno. Her parents were upset about this lie, so Alan confronted Bruno and said, stay away from his daughter. He then took Sarah home, away from Bruno's place. They also took away her car, and they threatened to charge Bruno with stat rape because she was still a minor at the time. Because, you know, 16 and 19... Yes, that's technically yes, illegal. It is. However, I have an issue with that. As we all know, I mean, shit, as freshmen, you date people two or three years older than you all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like a, yes. a sophomore, and a, you know what I'm saying? It's not uncommon. I get where her parents were going with this, basically, like, stay away from my daughter. I don't think it's a fair thing to. I don't think it's a do. fair Here's my issue with it. <clears throat> I understand you want, you don't want your daughter to date him as I wouldn't, but it's not a valid reason to ruin his life because of it. Right. Because it was consensual. She was dating him of her own volition. Yes. And the other thing is, is he's an illegal immigrant. So if they had done this, he would be deported immediately. So it's an even bigger threat to Bruno because it's literally like saying, we're going to deport you. Mm-hmm. Us, a white family, is going to deport you. Yes. It's not great. So, Bruno and Sarah, though, didn't stay away from each other. I mean, because that... I'm sorry, guys. It's just not how it works. You can't tell no. people not to do something. No. Have, you're going to do it more as a teenager. Yes. If someone tells you not to do it. Yes, exactly right. Like, for instance, if, so, if, if the parents had gone, okay, cool. It takes away that, like... Oh, but we have to be together. Star-crossed lovers, Romeo and Juliet-ness of it, you know? I can't tell you how many boys I was told I wasn't allowed to date as a teenager that just made them that more attractive. Absolutely. Like, forbidden fruit? Get out of here. Almost every single one of my boyfriends. Oh, for Are sure. Are you kidding me? Of course you want to do a big fuck you to your parents. I was at a friend of mine's birthday party. It was a fucking sleepover. And I fucking left to go with this boy I wasn't supposed to be dating and then he brought me back like in the middle of the night and I'm like how the fuck do I get back in her house the door is locked yeah yeah exactly this is what I'm saying is like the pre- trying to prevent it's, it's you might as well just go along with the ride you know what I'm saying obviously protect your children but there's there's better ways than to like Put your foot down and say, absolutely not. Stay the fuck away from him or else. Yes, absolutely. So obviously there's a history of Sarah and her parents having issues, especially when it came to boys and dating. So after Bruno's alibi checked out, the cops started paying more attention to Sarah. Diane's family thought she was acting weird, actually, at their funerals, like, She really didn't show that she gave a shit about being there or that it was upsetting her. Everyone mourns differently, so I can't really say much on that. But they also said she would, like, go out and get her nails done and shit. Like, like nothing happened. And it it was the general air of, I'm going on about my life as if my parents were still here. I mean, I see that as suspicious, but I also see it as a 16-year-old not really accepting what happened. It's a lot. It's heavy to handle. And also they're finding that the human brain doesn't really, isn't really fully developed until like your early twenties. Yeah. Like 23 to 25. So she's years away from being fully 
even empathetic, I would say. You know what I'm saying? So they also found out that Sarah used to clean the guest house that Mel lived in all the time. Of course she did. So she knew where Mel's gun was. So they brought her in for questioning. And they asked her about the time limit events again. Just like one more time, just run through it again. Starting with her saying that she was asleep in her room and that the door was closed when the first shot rang out. Now again, so her parents' bedroom and her bedroom kind of look at each other. If you want to think of it like that, the doors face each other. So if Sarah's bedroom was open, she would have a straight shot to look inside her parents' bedroom. Okay? She's saying that her door was closed and she was asleep when she heard the first shot ring out. They found her mom's blood and pieces of skull in Sarah's bedroom, on the wall and on the door frame, so that meant that Sarah's door was open when Diane was shot in her bed. So the shot had no door to travel through. So that's lie number one. They got her. Yeah. Then they examined her pajamas, T-shirt with paint on it and pajama pants. The day of the murder, they found nothing. So then they tested the pink bathrobe in the trash, and there was no blood spatter on the front of the robe, but oddly, tons of blood spatter on the back of the robe. That's weird. They tested the type of splatter that they saw was consistent with a high-powered rifle. In other words, it was like a spray, like a mist. Yeah. The blood was tested and found to be her mom and dad, Diane and Alan. So this is the cop's theory, which is actually pretty fucking astute because i was like back of the robe what the fuck did she have it on backwards did so it didn't get on her clothes exactly so solving crimes one this is what they did they were like they had that exact same theory they're like okay she put it on backwards which makes sense so that you know the robe doesn't open by accident when you're shooting people yeah so she had it on backwards and so they're like okay well we need to prove that she had it the robe on over her pajamas because the neighbor saw her in her pajamas immediately Right. right So they tested the paint, the top of paint on it, and they found... The paint was blood. Mm-hmm. The, actually, no, it was, it was regular paint. But they, they found inside the room, place it, no, 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 no. they found that the tra- there was some transfer of the robe materials onto the front of that top. Mm-hmm. Okay? Then they tested the gloves from the trash, because, I mean, of course, they're going to fucking test those gloves. Well, yeah. And they found her DNA on the inside of the latex gloves. They tested for gunshot residue and found it all over the gloves, her pajama top, and the robe. Hmm. The cops were curious why Sarah didn't have any blood on her hair, though. Because, again, splatter, it should be everywhere. in a bun. They weren't really sure how she did this until a clogged toilet pipe produced a disposable plastic shower cap that she wore on her head. Oh, that's smart. This bitch, to your point, was a true crime fan, actually, and was studying up on it at the time, but not smart enough to, like, threw the robe in the trash. Girl, you you flushed a shower cap down the toilet. That's stupid. What do you think is going to happen when you flush a plastic thing down the... And your own trash can? You should have gone down the block where they're going to pick up first and dropped it down there. All the shit down there. It would have been gone. Yes. Had they not held back their trash cans. Think about that. It would have been gone. Yep. 
Yay for spot on police. That's right, girl. It was probably that one police officer that um, in the Amanda Lewis trial, you know, the one that interviewed her at the um, hospital. Oh, yeah. That was taking no prisoners. Uh Yeah. And she's like, well, actually. And they're like, no, Mm -mm. no, no. Yeah. Sarah was obviously charged with uh, two counts of first degree murder and charged as an adult in 2003, which is pretty insane because, you know, she was 16 at the time. But in this case, I can understand why they did that. Yes. She made very adult decisions. Yes. The prosecution said that she was looking into cash in on their $680,000, $1,080,224 life insurance policies. That's uh, today's currency. Um, and that she wanted to live the life that she wanted with Bruno. So in other words, the idea was like a murder for money. Uh-huh. But I don't know if I agree with the... I mean, I think maybe that was like part of it but i think it was more like mom and dad are not letting me do what i want to do with the boyfriend i want to be with she's like the child from willy wonka with the golden egg i want it now daddy i want it now oh veruca salt yes yes exactly they even got bruno to testify on behalf of the prosecution oh yeah bruno did they give him citizenship for that you know i didn't i didn't hear that they did I wish they would have, but it obviously showed, like, he's like, look, I had nothing to do with this, <laughs> like, at all. He's like, I really didn't know. I didn't know. She told me she was staying in. I didn't know. But, and the thing is, is, like, he did say, like, she hated, she basically bitched at him once, like, I hate my dad, I want to kill him, whatever. But, I mean, it, who takes that seriously when you say, oh, I, I could just kill them? You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, I mean, I can't tell you how many times, like, I have sent text messages to, like, even nowadays, like, when Pod Hubby pisses me off, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to kill him in his sleep, you know? Yeah, but you don't mean it. No. So, of course, Bruno was like, okay, whatever. You know, like, okay, girl. Okay. You know, but then when she actually did it, he was probably like, oh, shit. He's like, shit. (laughs) As soon as he found out they were dead, he was like, fuck. Yeah. Didn't mean for that to happen. So, this is how the prosecution said that the murder went down. Mel left for the weekend to visit family, leaving his rifle in the closet in the guest house. Sarah went and grabbed it, put on her bathrobe backwards over her pajamas, obviously her shirt. She probably already had the latex gloves on. That's my theory, by the way, because like that would make the most sense. Because mm-hmm. when you're about to grab a rifle, you don't want your gun, your fingerprints on it at any point, let alone anywhere. Right. right? She then went into her parents' bedroom, shot her mom first in her bed, then her dad ran into the room seeing from the shower, wondering what the fuck was up. That's why the shower was still on, because her dad was taking a shower. Right. Sarah shot him directly in the chest towards the shower, which is why there was a bullet in the back of the shower. And then she placed the knives at the foot of her parents' bed. By the way, the knives are from the kitchen. To mislead investigators to think that this was a gang murder. I don't know what the fuck the knives have to... Has she researched any gangs? It doesn't sound like it. I love when people try to misdirect with like their stories or whatever. Oh, I heard it was a hitman. They were in trouble with a hitman. And I'm like, it's suburbia, brah. Who, who is, who, where are these hitmen? Like, exactly. Like, this is not John Wick, yo. Like, <laughs> this is real life. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's. Insane. I mean, Bob and Kathy in suburbia are not getting murdered by the hitman. Exactly. So after she placed those at the base of the bed and on Michael, or sorry, Matthew, her 
stepbrother's bed. She then flushed her shower cap down the toilet and then placed the scope back on Mel's bed in the guest house and the rifle she left on the bedroom floor. She then threw the bathrobe and gloves in the trash, ran to the neighbors to report the murders, and here we all are caught up today. And so her half-brother Matt also testified at the trial saying like, you know, yeah, I mean, Sarah was a little dramatic. She would lie from time to time, but that he loved her at the end of the day, which is, I mean, that poor kid, man, like he lost his parents. He was away at college. I mean, that's just not a call you want ever. Yeah, no. So I feel for him. And the fact that he even was empathetic towards her saying, I still love her through all that. I mean, shit. Ugh, girl. Jury convicted her, obviously. Of course. And she was sentenced to two life sentences without the possibility of parole in 2005. She tried to appeal in 2014 for ineffective counsel, and again in 2017 when she tried to get out based on the Eighth Amendment, which, quote, bars cruel and unusual punishment. Basically saying that she was juvenile when she murdered her parents, and that, I guess, this is some sort of cruel and unusual punishment to try her as an adult. But the judge struck down her case, stating that the judge at the time of her conviction did take her age into consideration when sentencing sentencing her and Sarah is still alive and in prison to this day. So that is our cuntlet for this week. Sarah Marie Johnson. Sarah Marie. Just a pure straight up I just don't want a case, which is really fucking dumb. Like, there's no reason to murder anyone for anything really. But like ones like this where you're like you were just mad at your parents, you know girl. What? Get over it. No, murder's not the answer when you're not getting what you want. I want it now. I want it now, daddy. Murder's not the answer because I want it now. God, Ugh. That's the worst. I you know. know what? I flipped her over because I'm going to make us all happy. Yay. Let's get happy. Because you want to know who was born March 7th, 1998 in Los Angeles, California to Joan Wick and has a twin sister named Gabrielle. Who? Amanda Gorman. <gasps> Amanda's a twin? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Identical or fraternal? I don't know. Oh, my God. Don't ask me questions I didn't get into. <laughs> ask me questions I don't know answers to. Shit. Come on. <laughs> so, they were they were preemies. Um, and Amanda grew up with a speech impediment and was diagnosed with an auditory processing disorder in kindergarten. And she had trouble pronouncing the letter R until she was about 20. In an interview with the big O. Yes, I said the big O. And if you don't know, honey. You should know by now who the big O is. It's Oprah. Yeah. Not an orgasm. Naturally. Amanda said, and I quote, I was born early along with my twin and a lot of time for infants that can lead to learning delays. So Amanda was in speech therapy, and she found the that the Hamilton soundtrack helped her pronounce the R sounds. She said, and I quote, I would listen to the track of Aaron Burr, Sir, and would try to do it over and over and over again. I, I'm sorry. I'm just, I love her so much. Like, I, I love that she... That, that she herself was like, oh, no, I'm going to get this. And she did... Oh, I just love her. Keep going. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> it's fine. a little right now. <laughs> no, it's fine. You can fangirl all you want. So while she had difficulties, she also said that this benefited her as well. She told the big O, 
I think it made me all that much stronger of a writer when you have to teach yourself how to say words from scratch. When you're learning through poetry how to speak English, it lends to a great understanding of sound, of pitch, of pronunciation. So I think of my speech impediment not as a weakness or a disability, but one of my greatest strengths. Fuck yeah, dude. Oh my god. How, like... Just that whole state... Exactly. I yeah I'm just gonna keep going because I don't even know like there's no words she is just so eloquent like I can't even she's my namesake she does <laughs> she does I just find it so I can't even pronounce words that I've written on my own fucking I know I right? couldn't even pronounce impediment <laughs> but here she is seriously just killing it So she grew up in West L.A. and she attended New Roads, a private progressive school in Santa Monica. But her mother, Joan, was a middle school English teacher in Watts. And Amanda learned a lot about disparities in educational opportunities um, because of this. Yeah. So for those who don't know, Watts is a neighborhood in southern L.A. and it's considered a low income, high crime area. And I'm pretty sure we have all heard about the Watts riots. And so if you haven't heard about him, I'm going to take a jump back in history. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about them. Just a little bit. But I want you to go research it, teach yourself about it, educate yourself about it. Because it's a pretty significant time in history. Mm-hmm. So... What happened with the Watts riots back on August 11th, 1965, there was an alteration, altercation, alteration. You know what? They were just altering their clothes back in the Watts and somebody got their pants altered too short. Somebody got their panties literally in a twist. God damn. um, Here we are. (laughs) No, I'm. It's okay. It is so much bigger than that. There was an altercation between Marquette Fry, an African-American motorist, and Lee Minkus, a white police officer who pulled him over for drunk driving. Minkus. <laughs> what fucking ass name is that? It makes me think of Boy Meets World. Right? So Marquette and his brother Ronald were pulled over, and Marquette failed the field sobriety test. Um, Marquette began to panic while he was being arrested, and a scuffle broke out between him and the arresting officer. Ronald then joined in to protect his brother and protest the arrest. At this point, a crowd began to gather and backup began to arrive, assuming the crowd was going to become hostile. A newly arrived officer jabbed Ronald in the stomach with his baton and then went to intervene with the scuffle between Marquette and the other officer. Um... The riots themselves lasted for six days. 34 people were dead and 1,034 people were injured. Um, After the riots, gangs became more powerful in this area. Um, I don't know why I put that sentence there when it really needs to go at the end. But let's jump back into what happened during the scuffle. No, I mean, that's actually, I'm glad you kind of brought it up now because it makes sense. There is a power vacuum that needs to be filled and then gangs offer the opportunity to quote unquote get out and help your family with money even if it is like doing illegal activities and then you have a group of people that will protect you and your family from cops 
and it's not a great thing at all, but I get, I get it. It makes sense. Absolutely. So I meant to. Yeah. No, no. Anywho, Marquette was knocked down by the riot baton, handcuffed and taken um, to the police car. So Ronald and Marquette's mom, Raina, she heard about what was going on and she showed up thinking the police were abusing Marquette and ran to pull the police officer co- police officer off of him, causing yet another fight. Not oh, Raina was then arrested and forced into a police car, followed by Ronald, who was cuffed for attempting to intervene peacefully into his stepmom's arrest. So this made the crowd even angrier. And of course, as more police arrived, more people joined the crowd to find out what was going on. As with anyone, you see police... You go to find out what was what's going on. 100%. I see police on my street. I'm like high telling it out the fucking front door. Like a looky-loo. Yeah. Like Gladys Kravitz. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> I'm just out here to vacuum. Yes. What's happening? <laughs> so, um, and so the situation just escalated at this point. Um, Anne Gaines was arrested for spitting on police. And she resisted being dragged out of the crowd. The crowd thought she was pregnant and this made the crowd even angrier and this was the start of the riots of course there is way more to the significant time in history and i think like i said before i think everyone should go research it and educate yourself on it um history.com has some great information i also got a lot of information from black black So, um, it's just a part of history that I think everyone needs to educate yourself on. Yeah. Um, but. No, it's important because this is part of the whole of American history. There's not just one part that you're taught. There is this entire other world that happened in America. Yes. And. Because her mom was teaching in this neighborhood, and this is this neighborhood's history, and um, it did at the time, her mom was teaching there. It was a low-income, high-crime area, Mm -hmm. and she was attending this progressive private school in Santa Monica. She was aware of the educational disparities that we have in our country. Wow. Yeah, even among her own, like, people. Yes. Which is incredible. Wow. So back to Amanda. Yeah. So Amanda was a youth delegate for the United Nations when she was 16. Um, She majored in sociology at Harvard University, and she graduated cum laude remotely in 2020 due to COVID. So how did she become this amazing poet that she is? By the time Amanda was five, she would wake up her mom early in the morning for paper to write. Oh, oh my God. That's so cute. I just, that's so cute. Like, can you imagine? That's how I want to be woken up. Right? <laughs> mom, get a paper. Like, oh, fuck. You can have a fucking, every paper in the world, girl. You got, I got you. Here's your big, big chief tablet and right? your big pencil. Oh. So in the third grade, she heard the poem Dandelion Wine by Ray Bradbury, and it helped solidify her love of poetry. And in 2021, she said, I actually started writing poetry before I started reading it because at the time, poetry wasn't something that was taught robustly in my classrooms. 
She used the word robustly in a sentence. <laughs> How many of you use the word robustly ever? Never. Never. I, unless I'm reading it off of like a package of fucking like french fries or something. Robust flavoring. Or the bottle of wine I'm about to drink. Yes. <laughs> I mean, like never. <sighs> oh my god. She she was born to be a poet, is what you're saying. Like yes. legitimately. Yes. By the way, follow her on Instagram. She's incredible. So, heads up. So in middle school, she began to read poems by Sonia Sanchez and love them. But when she read Angels of Ascent by a Norton Anthropology of Contemporary African American Poetry, she felt more connected to poetry than before. She then got involved with Write Girl Organization, which is a creative writing and mentoring organization that promotes creativity, critical thinking, and leadership skills to empower teen girls. First of all. The fact that there is an organization out there like this, I love it. Mm -hmm. Love it, love it, love it. It's right, like W-R-I-T-E-G-I-R-L. Dot org. Mm -hmm. Heads up, if y'all want to go there, support, be a part of it. If you're a teenage girl, get on it, girl, if you're into that. Write, write, write your poems, write your stories, write your books. Write, do it. So this helped further develop her love of writing because I'm assuming it's because she found a place that encouraged it and accepted it and made her feel welcome to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she actually performed with Right Girl, The Moth, and Urban Word. At 16 years old... She was named LA's Youth Poet Laureate, and she was the first National Youth Poet Laureate in 2017. That's massive. Massive. She then went on to become the founder of One Pen, One Page to promote youth literacy and creativity. What? When she was like 17? Mm-hmm. Damn. She has um, worked to publish... In The One for Whom Food Is Not Enough in 2015, The Hill We Climb, an inaugural poem for the country in 2021, and Call Us What We Carry in 2021, the poem We Call Us What We Carry was based on her experience of living through a pandemic. She also researched events like the 1918 flu pandemic for her piece as well. So she didn't just write this poem, like, off the top of her head, like, oh, we're in a pandemic, let me write about it. She went and she did the research of... Our previous pandemic, the Spanish flu, back and whenever. Yeah. Yeah. She's also written a children's book called Change Sings, A Child's Anthem in 2021. She describes it as a poetic rallying cry for kids who want to make a difference. Barbies. I was wondering Barbies. Yeah, Barbies. (laughs) Pretty much. Yep. So... Amanda's also interested in writing books, but she has said, novel writing was my original love, and I still hope to do it. I just typically can finish writing a single poem faster than I can an entire narrative book. (laughs) (laughs) The level of talent that this girl has is absurd. I can just bust out a poem real fast, so I just do that instead of write a whole book. I mean, I could do it. It's just this is faster. it's incredible. I just can't. <laughs> I, I just... To me, 
if, okay, let's reel back to last episode, but I was literally bitching about how, like, I'd rather solve actual crimes than write. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Dr. Jill Biden had seen Amanda perform, and she is the one who suggested... Oh, was it Dr. Jill? Yes, <gasps> she's the one suggested that Amanda write a poem for the president presidential inauguration of joe biden and vice president kamala harris amanda took this extremely serious and to prepare she read speeches by frederick douglas winston churchill abraham lincoln mlk jr maya angelou and elizabeth alexander dude after the january 6th insurrection at the capitol amanda told the la times she added lines to her poem and and i quote I crafted an inaugural poem that recognizes these scars and these wounds. Hopefully, it will move us toward healing them. Oh, God. And if y'all haven't watched her portion of the inauguration, I don't care what side you're on, oh, you I, need I'm, to. I'm getting there. Okay, good. So, the poem Amanda read at the inauguration was called The, the Hill We Climb. And I was just about to say that if you need... <laughs> If you didn't see it, you need to go find it on the interwebs because it is the most amazing thing you will ever see in your life. I felt like I was watching the most amazing sermon ever, but in a good way, like that I actually wanted to watch it. Like I almost felt like I was watching a female version of MLK Jr. A hundred percent. And like you need to watch her say her words because she intonates on certain phrases and sections of the words that make the poem mean something different. And then her like hand movements as she's doing it, it all goes together. So like you need to watch her perform the poem, if that makes sense. You're absolutely right. Like I was blown away. I was like, who is this person? Who is this person? Right? Yes. I had no idea who she was, but I was like, I I thought she was younger than she was. And I was like, this little girl, (laughs) she was not a little girl. She was like 21 at the time. But still, she's 21 doing that. I was like, this little girl, I'm like, preach it, sister, because I am buying what you're selling. A hundred thousand percent. I like fell in love with her at that moment in time because... Honestly, I didn't even care the words that were coming out of her mouth because she was so mesmerizing and bringing you in. Like, you just go find it. Yeah. Because her poem is not political. No. It's not about politics. It's about her. Like, it's not even... I didn't do her for the politics. I did her because her poems and her writing, it's... It's amazing. It is. It's fucking amazing. That's the only word for it. It really is. It's, it's, she was born to do this. She was born to be this person. Yes. So she went on to read Course of the Captains at the 2021 Super Bowl. And she has received numerous offers to speak, but she only takes offers that speak to her. And Big O has become her mentor. Stop. Stop it right now. Just stop. We're done. We're done with the, we're done with the podcast. Are you kidding me? I want Big O to mentor us. Bitch, are you kidding me? Big O, mentor us. So since the inauguration, Amanda has signed with IMG Models, appeared on the cover of Vogue, and has a three-year deal with Estee Lauder as its first global change maker. 
Amanda will not only appear in their ads, but also curate grants to promote literacy for women and girls. Yes. She co-hosted the 2021 Met Gala with Timothy Chalamet. 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 Billie Eilish and Naomi Asuka. Osaka. You know. Osaka. Osaka. Oh, shit. Did she really? Yes. How did I know? Sorry, guys. I should know that. I'm the I'm the Met Gala yep. fashionista over here. My bad. You should know that. Yep. So at the end of 2021, Amanda's poem, A New Day's Lyric, was released on Instagram's office account to bring in the new year. And she felt like this would help raise money for the International Rescue Committee. And Instagram actually contributed $50,000. Oh, sick. Yeah. And also, just so you know, in light of recent events in the United States, she's also highlighting abortion rights in our country. Highly recommend y'all also go to her Instagram for that. Literally, just go to her Instagram. Honestly, like, this personally, since some of the things that have been happening in our country, um, I sometimes find myself literally searching for her Instagram first to see what she has to say. Because it just... She kind of encapsulates in a very nice way how we're all feeling. Yes. And it just like brings meaning to what the fuck is happening. Like she has such an incredible perspective on life as a young person that she can see it as a whole versus like the sum of the parts, which is just, I still can't do that. It's hard for me. I'm like oh my, my God. 30s. Are you kidding? Hold on. Brainstorm. If we got Greta, the girl you talked about last... Malala. What's her name? Malala. Malala. Uh-huh. And Amanda in a room together. Oh, my God. Could we... Fucking change the world, bitch. This world would be a different it place. It would be... It would... They, they should be the Illuminati, if you know what I'm saying. Like, they should be the fucking people making the decisions for everybody. You know what? <laughs> I just created the brain trust. <laughs> we got it, guys. We've solved the world's problems. I solved the world's problems <laughs> right here that. on the See You Next Tuesday podcast. Yay! Yay, Amanda. <laughs> Although, dude, God, I would love for all three of them to be in the same room together. Could you imagine? They would solve the world's problems. I think they would. Hands down. I, I mean, seriously. I know they all have managers. Get them together, guys. Let's go, guys. Just We're, we're fixing this. Just let me be a... I, I won't intervene. Just let me be in the room like a fly on Seriously. 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 It was my idea. We can live live podcast. We can live like podcast stream it or whatever. Just let, you know what? I won't say a word. Just let me sit in the corner. <laughs> I will not say a word. You already took Dylan from me. Oh my God. Okay. We have a Dylan Mulvaney update. Obviously Dylan has become extremely popular as they should because Dylan is truly truly a light she is a light in this dark dark world i'm a little upset and amanda's a little upset that she's popular now but she deserves that popularity she does deserve the popularity i'm just upset that like our other you know what he's no longer my favorite (gasps) queer eye because i feel like he's getting all the credit (gasps) She's has a beef with JVN right now because she's saying that JVN is saying that he found Dylan or that they found Dylan 
before you found Dylan, but in actuality, you found Dylan before anybody found Dylan. Yes, I found Dylan saying. first. You were one of the first 15 on day 15. Mm-hmm. So that's why Amanda has a beef with JVN at this point. But we still love JVN. They're amazing. I do. Also, I'm just a little. New Orleans. I'm a little upset. Yes. I'm a little upset. Like, way back when, do you do y'all remember? We shouted out Dylan. We told you all to go follow her TikTok. And then, next thing I know, JVN's all over her TikTok. She's all over JVN's Instagram. And I'm like, what about us? Right. But also, I will say this. Uh, TikTok, as you can tell, you can, like, with, like, that, become... Famous, like a hundred days. Yes. In their case, think about that. A hundred days later, Dylan has a Mac cosmetic sponsorship. Which, oh my god, snaps! Oh my god, so excited, so excited about. Did that. you see your new birth? What I said I was going to get you for your birthday. Yes. <laughs> the Stranger Things edition of Mac Cosmetics. Yes. <sighs> god, tell me that you are on to Stranger Things. Tell me that you watch that. I show. don't like it. It's literally the Goonies. It's literally the Goonies. It's literally the Goonies. Oh, I have a Goonies update. You do have a Goonies update. What did Sean Astin do? By the way, he's in the series as well. He's on season two. Um, I don't care. I still don't like Stranger Things. I watched the entire season one. Didn't I like it. You. But anywho, back to the Goonies update. I opened Google the other day. And it, you know how you open Google and there's all those um, articles? Yeah. I got this article. So apparently, the movie, I actually did not know this before the other day. Hmm. The movie is based on an actual pirate ship that went missing off the coast of Oregon. Shut the fuck up. They've actually found pieces of that pirate ship this in June. What pirate ship was it? Something from like the 1600s. Also, why the fuck was it in Oregon? It was traveling like from Spain. I don't remember. Oh, it was... Like on its way to somewhere else. Yeah, because yeah, it was like it, it, they normally kind of centered around the Caribbean and, and places. Yeah, it where was traveling like stuff. It was traveling. <sighs> now I want to go to Oregon cool. and with it. I want to go to Oregon with a metal detector and try to find because they're Pirate telling gold? people they're telling people that they can potentially find stuff washed up on the shore, or in the past they could have found stuff washed up on the shore that people might actually have stuff in their attics, like in the movie from the pirate ship and not know it. Stop it. Oh my God. That's really cool. That's I freaked the really, fuck out. Yeah. I like yeah. told Pod I was like, read this article. Oh my God. Dude, that's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah, definitely going to go do that. Although the water's kind of cold right now. We should like wait. I'm not going to get in the water. I just <laughs> want to walk the beach with a metal detector. Oh, you don't want to like deep, deep deep sea dive and like try to like actually find the fucking thing? No, I, I like beaches, but I don't like to get in the ocean. How far in the ocean will you get? Like all the way or like waist high? What What's the, what's the vibe? Like chest high. Well, it depends on how clear the water is. We live in Texas, so our beaches are ass. Like, actual They're disgusting. Ass. So, mm, anywhere but here, you probably get in higher than here, for sure. Yes. Because there's not, like, waste and dead jellyfish everywhere. Yeah. Texas beaches are gross, oh, so... It, suck. It's... South it's, Padre's the only... Well, and Port Aransas sometimes, too. But, like, besides that, you're... 
Your SOL. Yeah. Oh, and sad, then sad. all the fucking seaweed. Ugh. Ugh. Gross. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. But if if I were to go to like the Caribbean or somewhere that has like pretty clear water, mm. I might be less opposed to going all the way in underneath. Does it does it scare you the idea of like the bottomlessness of the ocean? Is that what it is? No, it's the creatures. Really? Yes. The creatures that could sting me, eat me, bite me. Mm. Yeah, just like land bugs. <laughs> Snakes, spiders. Land creatures. You know, creatures in general. Yes. <laughs> creatures that'll do things to me. I don't like them. Sea or land. You know what? Honestly, I've had an irrational fear of sharks ever since I watched Jaws at a very formidable age when I was very young where I couldn't even take a shower or a bath without freaking out about Jaws. Yes, I know. That's irrational. When I was younger. So, yeah, I get it. So, yeah. I mean, I think if it was not Texas where I could see... Mm Mm-hmm. It would be a different situation. Yeah, I get that. That makes sense. So when I buy my house on my islands, it's it'll be to... clear water. You know what? You got to go to Capri. Okay. That's it. Hands down. You just have to live in Positano or Capri, Italy. It just is what it is. You, you just know have what? to tell Pod Hubby, look, man, Italy, it's not my problem. You know what? Italy has everything I love. Ready? Yep. Wine, water, beach, pasta. Done. Bread. Done. Yes. I'm good. I'm... I'm cheese you know how many times i ate pasta this week how many three that's not enough actually i just ate it again before we started recording so four (laughs) you did you did holy shit i just realized that that makes four times (laughs) and i have leftovers so i'm gonna rack up at least another two times before sunday so hey guys this is a good time to promote our patreon exclusive series is (laughs) so amanda can retire in positano italy oh my god no but for real though we do actually have exclusive stuff only on patreon you actually also get exclusive access to the videos of us doing this podcasting shit like you get to see all the (laughs) bullshit we do and um our bathroom breaks if you're so lucky and then um you also get early access to episodes a day early so it's not a see you next tuesday podcast it becomes a see you next monday podcast actually and we have two exclusive series, one on the Duggars, all the stuff with them, and Video Killer, which is all about crimes and craziness surrounding any movie that we deem fit. And I'm about to record a good one. Oh, God, I can't wait. Thank y'all so much, as always, for listening, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.